So in the last few weeks, Adam has shared on who we really are and the choices that we have. We always have a choice because most of the time, we are the ones in control. Making the choice, even when sometimes the choice is really, really hard, and we'd rather not to do it, but we are in control, we have a choice. Today, I want to share with you a little bit about spinning plates, Jonah, choices, and deal or no deal. So one of the questions a few weeks ago in the Life Group DVD, if you were there, was how did you feel when Adam said that you have a choice and you are not at the mercy of your feelings, hormones, or circumstances? And we discussed that question in life, but for me personally, straight away, I was like, I love that question. That question gives me the answer of free. How does it make me feel? Free. It's freeing to know more and more that I am not controlled by those things around me, but I can control them. It is free to know that I can do something about it and not be bound by them. They are part of my everyday life, but they do not control me. I read once a book, as a, and this author described it as a metaphor of driving a car. You can have passengers in the car, but they, don't, they can come where I go, but they don't drive the car. And this author of this book says that before she embarks on a new project, she wrote lots of books, she literally speaks out loud. And I love that she says that she speaks it out loud. She knows it's not just in her mind, but she speaks it out loud. She speaks to the fear, and she tells it. Dearest fear, creativity and I are about to go on a road trip together. I understand you'll be joining us because you always do. I acknowledge that you believe you have an important job to do in my life, that you take your job seriously. Apparently, your job is to induce complete panic whenever I'm about to do anything interesting. And, may I say, you are superb at your job. <laughs> she goes on to say, creativity and I are the only ones who will be making the decisions along the way. You are allowed to have a seat and you are allowed to have a voice, but you are not allowed to have a vote. You're not allowed to touch the roadmaps. You're not allowed to suggest detours. You're not allowed to fiddle with the temperature. But above all else, my dear old familiar friend, you are absolutely forbidden to drive. <laughs> and then she goes on and she writes amazing books. And this is a lady and a person that has realized that fear will be there. Denying it won't really make it go away. But she's the one in charge. And it's the truth with everything. Talking and acknowledging that it's there, but not giving it any control, it's more powerful than we realize sometimes. Which means I am more free than I ever thought before. I am free to make choices in the small things and the big things, and the circumstances around me don't need to control me. The same, we said that it's about fear a few months ago, and I thought that the fear doesn't need to control us, we can control it. And in 2 Timothy 1 verse 7, we read this, for God gave us a spirit not of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. So power, love, and self-control is within you right now, not fear. The spirit of self-control is already inside me. I am not at the mercy of all those things. When God has already, me, has already given me everything that I have to conquer it, everything that I need to overcome it. So I can't say, well, this happened, therefore my hormones like, started acting up, therefore I'm feeling like this, because actually I have self-control inside of me before the hormones ever kicked in, before anything ever happened around me. 
the spirit of self-control is inside of me. Even though on this journey, we sometimes, so the truth is that I believe that I have to believe that I can win the battle. In my mind, I need to believe that I can win the battle. Before I even go, before I start anything, I need to believe that I, need, I can win this battle. If I don't believe it, then I can't do anything about it because I haven't decided there is something to do about it. How many times have you put something off because you weren't sure you were able to do it? How many times? You, you wouldn't start something if you didn't know you couldn't do it. You're not going to start building something in your house, or you might do if you're not very wise, but you might not going to start something if you don't know how to do it or how to bring it to completion. You're not going to start something with half of your instructions. You need to know that you can complete it before you even start it. Otherwise, the task will never start. And even though on this journey, you still have a way to go and actually make the choices and work through things, if you don't believe that the battle can be won, then you won't even start. That is why it's so important to believe the truth that the Father says about you. And the Ellie sang this morning that you are a conqueror. That's why a few weeks ago, we had a bit of fun and we had a bit of a laugh, but why Adam showed us a powerful picture of Nigel and Matt. And Nigel was all geared up in his uniform and he is tall and he is ready and he was empowered and Matthew was just small and weak, which by the way is just an illustration because his real life is not like that. <laughs> but when you see yourself the way Nigel was, then you're like, well, I can do anything. I remember once in school someone asked me, if you had no fear, what would you do? And I was like, oh, I could do this, and I could do this, and I would go there. But the truth is, you have everything that you can inside of you already. You don't have to think, oh, if this wouldn't be in my way, I could do this. Well, it's not in your way. You see it in your way. You see fear in your way. You see weakness and everything else in your way. But the truth is, you are empowered. You are God has already won the battle. He says you can do it all through him. So now it's my decision while I do it all that. In 1 Corinthians 15 verse 57, it says, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. He gives me the victory, but he's done it all. But he gives it to me. Like, thanks be to God who gives us, who gives me, who gives you the victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. What a great, amazing news. So, I have to admit I have a problem, but I have to know that it can be a winnable. Therefore, the solution is already hanging in the air, waiting to be grabbed. When I have admitted that I have a problem, and I believe that moving forward I can win it, because the truth is that you can't win it, then the solution is already there. The solution was kind of waiting for you. Nowhere are you more empowered or more enabled to make decisions than over your own life. God gave you authority over your own life. He gave you will and ability to choose one way or another. And every day, you and I exercise their will one way or another. And this morning I was reading it and I just got so excited because that is so true. I am never and nowhere else more empowered than in my mind, which makes me excited because I'm a bit of a doer. Which, if you, I have a problem, I want to know how to do it. And if I already have the solution, or the solution is within me, then how exciting is that? Like, 
it just gets me excited. I'm like, I can do something about it. I can do, yes, I can't do, let's, okay, let's not get too excited. So that is absolutely true, but we cannot control what happens around us or what happens to us. And I have spent way too much of my life trying to do that. And that is why it's so important to learn and master your mind and understand you and I have choices. So when we go through things that are out of our control, we are still in charge and they don't control us. It's where you put your effort. It's where you put your time. Am I going to put my effort and time into trying to change and control everything around me? Or am I going to put my effort and time into trying to control and change myself and my mind, where I actually do have control. Because the lie that you have control of people and situations around you, it's just that, a lie. In Proverbs 23, verse 7, where it is, as a man thinks, so he is. So you have a new heart. We all have a new heart, praise the Lord. But your mind needs new renewing. So as a man thinks, so he is. So I can think every morning, or I can think if I can, that I'm a conqueror. And I can wake up in the morning, I can say I'm a conqueror. And by the fourth morning I wake up, I believe it a little bit more. And by the second year, I believe it. And I am go out in the world and I'm, I'm a conqueror. This problem comes at me, that's fine, I'm a conqueror. Me and Jesus together, conquerors. But you can also wake up every morning and feel, I can't do this. I could never change these things around me. That person's gonna do that and the person is gonna say that. Therefore, I am nothing, I feel a failure. And you believe that. And the truth is that you do believe it, but the truth is that it's not true. I hope that makes sense. You believe it, and when you believe it, then it's your truth. But it's not the truth. It's not God's truth. But I understand, and I know for myself, that it's a bit harder said than done. And it's a journey that I believe you'll never really reach an end because you'll always have things to learn and room to grow. I love when I see people, I'm going to have to be very careful how I say this, people that have had more birthdays than I have, but still, <laughs> which is exciting, more presents for you. But when I see people like that, they are still so excited to learn and grow, and they know there is still so much to learn and grow that gets me so excited, because I'm like, well, it means I will never actually get there, which means I can always learn, and I can always do things, and I can always get better, and I can always change. But today, I want to share a little bit about the choices that I have made, and especially in the last two years. The truth is that when we go through things, we make a lot of choices. When we go through hard times, we make a lot of choices. And some of them, we make conscious choices. Some of them are unconscious choices. And some of these choices help us cope with the situations. And some help us deal with the situation, with the root of it. It's important to know the difference between coping and dealing. When we go through a lot of hard times, there is a lot of things that go on in our mind. And it's a little bit like spinning plates up in the air, trying to keep them afloat, trying to keep them from falling and crashing. And at this point, I would like to have a volunteer or two, if you'd like to come and help me, to spin some plates. Alex. There it is here as well, please. I mean, there is one more if anyone wants more. One more. My spinning plate. Okay, so. When you cope with things, you have things up in the air. And 
it would be nice to, if in your life you only had one plate to spin, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Sometimes I feel like I have a hundred. But when you cope with things, okay guys, you need to try to, to start with, you can use both hands to try to spin this plate and keep it up. Both hands as in like, you can. Okay, now, now I want you to like, Pass it from one person to another, and maybe have two in your hand, and maybe don't use both hands, maybe just use one hand and try to spin it and spin it and spin it. Choose your one hand now. One hand. Okay. <laughs> Keep spinning them. Okay, one hand now. One hand. One hand. So spin it now. Try to spin them. Keep spinning them. Okay. <laughs> right. Now I would like Ellie, I want you to have two of them in your hand. This Ellie. Yeah, this Ellie. Oh yeah, sorry, two Ellies. And I want you to spin keep spinning on both of them. And you're like, yeah, this is great. I am coping with life. And then you go to work. <laughs> oh no. Okay, thank you guys. By the way, these are the kiddie version. Apparently, this is the practice version. I was like, what's the hard version? I was like, okay, Amazon, Amazon Prime, let's do this. Okay, when you cope with things, we just keep spinning the plate. And sometimes you do a good job at spinning the plate, sometimes you don't do a great job at spinning the plate. But it's just spinning the plate. It's almost falling, but then we go and keep it spinning. For now, it's all fine. You know, it's still in the air, it's still spinning, and it hasn't fallen down. It's, it's fine, it's just up in the air. But dealing with a problem, but dealing with a problem is not just spinning the plate, it's taking the plate off. Nothing to spin, nothing to worry about, nothing to keep me awake at night, because the plate is not even there. Dealing, dealing with something means taking it off means taking it off so you can move forward. An example of this would be body image, for example. The plate of your body image is going and around and around and around, and then you might have a bad day where you don't really like what you see in the mirror. And so this plate is like, oh, it's moving, it's moving, I'm trying to have to catch it. So you make a choice to uh, join the gym, or you buy some makeup, or you buy some clothes, or you get a new haircut, or I don't know, whatever we might do, which helps you in the moment. For now, you've kept this plate spinning a little longer. It's spinning and it's spinning. But dealing with it would be agreeing with the truth that God says about you. And in, in, in Psalm, I found this, that in Romanian we say Psalm. And then when I moved to England, everyone was like, why are you saying like that? It's Psalm. So in Psalm 139 verse 14, it says, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful, and I know that full well. So you need to first agree with the truth that you are wonderfully and made, that you were created in the image of the Father. You learn that this is the truth. You declare it. You surround yourself with it. You surround yourself with people that declare the truth over you. You say sorry for when you didn't believe it. And then you've dealt with it. That is dealing with it. That is removing the plate from up in the air and placing it down. And those additional things can still be done. You can still go to the gym. You can still buy new clothes. You can get a makeover. You can get a new haircut. You can color your hair. 
Of course you can do those things, but the place where they come from now is from a secure place in who God created you to be and not from a coping mechanism. The difference between coping and dealing, sometimes in the actual outcome, so you can still get a haircut, but the place where they come from is different. Because if I am secure in myself and I go get my haircut and it doesn't go quite how I wanted it, I might be a little bit annoyed, but I'm, I'm going to be okay. And next month when I can't afford to go and get my haircut, I'm going to be okay. If you come from a place of insecurity and coping, you go and get your haircut done, you've spent a ton of money, you're still not quite happy with it because you could have done it a little bit better. And next month when you can't really afford it, you don't know what to do. And so probably you do it at home and you're still upset. So the difference is not the action. The difference is where it comes from and is it freeing you. Now, this is just an example, but in our everyday life, we make choices all the time. But are they choices that help me deal with it or are they choices that help me cope with it? Coping does not mean dealing with it. That is why I called this deal or no deal because coping equals not dealing. E coping is no deal. Coping does not bring freedom. Coping does not bring life. While dealing with it releases life. When we say things like, um, I had to do that because this is just my way of dealing with it. Or it's fine for her to do that because it's just her way of dealing with it. What we actually say is, this is just my way of coping with it. Because dealing with it wouldn't mean doing something external. Oh, it's fine. I, I have to go shopping. It's just my way of dealing with this. I have to deal with it this way. Other people deal with it another way. I deal with it with shopping. Well, actually, what you're saying is, I'm just coping with it because I can't deal with it right now. I am coping by doing shopping. Therefore, nothing in, inside changed. The truth is that coping is fine at times, as we cannot deal with everything at once. If Ellie would have dealt with all the plates at once, they would have fallen, all of them. But the truth is, you can't cope at times, but coping can't be the only thing you do if we want to walk into life more and more. Coping can be the only thing if we want to be more and more like Jesus. Coping is fine if coping just helps and takes pressure at times, but coping can't be my only solution and for every problem because coping doesn't move me forward. Coping is no deal, and I want a deal. I had to... I don't know. I'm not going to go into the game because I don't even know the game. There are different ways we all choose to cope with. Ways that maybe we learned as we grew up or ways that maybe we saw other people use or ways that we just had to learn to do. And there are a few coping mechanisms and we looked at them a while ago in life group as well as Adam looked at them. And it's this one. It's denial. Conscious or subconscious refusal to accept the truth. And this week I, it made it even more clear for me that there is a massive difference between letting go and denial. We sometimes think we're letting go, but we're actually denying. Let me explain to you a little bit why. Someone annoys you. Now, of course, this is me. You, uh, you would never get annoyed by someone doing or saying something, right? And you are like, I am so annoyed right now. I could just say something, but it's fine. I'm letting it go. I'm letting it go. That's not really letting it go. You're saying you're letting it go, but you're not letting it go. And sometimes we don't acknowledge that we deny things because we say we're letting it go. And I've been there so many times. It's fine, I'm letting it go, I'm letting it go. I'm thinking all night about it, and I wake up in the morning, and I'm still thinking about it, but I let it go. 
There's no letting go. Letting go is, I am very upset about this. It's making me very angry. I don't really know how to deal with it. But Lord, I am giving it to you because you are bigger than this problem and you love that person and who knows why they said that thing in the moment. And I want to release them to you. And I don't really feel like praying for you to bless them, but I'm going to pray for you to bless them anyway. Thank you, Lord. Let's go on with our day. And then you wake up tomorrow a little bit better. That's the difference between coping and uh, dealing and denial. No, denial and letting go. So denial sometimes looks like letting go, but denial is one of the big ones because if you deny, if you don't have a problem, then why should you sort anything? You don't have a problem. Anyone else? Yeah, they can sort it out. Fantasy, escaping from the real world. Games, books, TV. Again, those things are more than okay if they come from the right place. If they don't come from dealing, oh, from coping. Emotional insulation. That is when you kind of like, I'm not going to see that person because I know what they'll say. So I'm just going to say by myself and I'll be fine about it. If I see them, then they'll tell me what to do. And if they tell me what to do, I kind of have to do it. Therefore, this is my coping with it. Regression, reverting to less threatening times. I haven't done really, I think this is just going back to either places physically or in your mind. They just were, it was all good, everything was fine. Displacement, taking out frustration on others. Projection, blaming others. Oh, it is all your fault. Of course. <laughs> it's like the video that Adam showed us a while ago. Of course I spilled this because you were here and you were talking to me. Therefore, it's your fault. But we can do that with bigger things. Of course I had to do them because they made me. They made me be so upset that I had to go and buy a drink. Or what other things we might blame other people. And rationalization, making excuses for poor behavior. I had to just do it, I had to. I mean, I, it's been such a hard day that if I don't do this, I, I don't know what else to do. So you rationalize and making excuses for poor behavior. And at times, and we all use one of these or a combination of all of them at different times. And sometimes when we use coping ways, seems to, things seem to be okay and they seem to be fine because the problem itself isn't staring you right in the face. When a problem is staring you right in the face, you kind of have to do something. But coping just means it's moved here and it's whispering in your ear. All night long, but have you thought about this? What if they say this? What if you do this? What are you gonna do about that? What are you gonna do about this? What are you gonna do about this? Are you, are you think you should say that? Yeah, you should say that. You should react. That is not relaxing. And I have been there, but it's not relaxing at all. And just because the problem is not right here, going, come on, deal with me, deal with me, doesn't mean it's not still there. Sometimes it's actually more irritating being here because you're like, okay, yes, I know you're there, I know you're there, I know you're there. But let's look at Jonah a little bit. Let's read Jonah 1, 1 verse 1 to 4. The word of the Lord came to Jonah, son of Amittai. Go to the great city of Nineveh and preach against it because its wickedness has come up before me. But Jonah ran away from the Lord and headed for Tarshish. He went down to Joppa where he found a ship bound for the port. After paying the fare, he went aboard and sailed for Tarshish to flee from the Lord. Then the Lord sent a great wind in the sea and such a violent storm came across the ship and threatened to break up. 
All the sailors were afraid and each cried out to his own God and they threw the cargo into the sea to lighten the ship. But Jonah had gone below the deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. So Jonah was faced with a problem that he clearly did no one to deal with. He was given an instruction and for whatever reason, he decided not to listen to it. There are different reasons why we don't listen to instructions. It's too hard, it's too painful, too much work, afraid, non-confrontational, not right now, maybe later. Plenty of reasons why we don't follow instructions. And like Jonah, sometimes we run away, either physically or in our mind. He literally got on a boat and went the opposite direction. He probably thought, problem solved. Here he says, but Jonah had gone below the deck where he lay down and fell into a deep sleep. He was so con uh, convinced that his problem went away that even though there was a storm, he was in a deep sleep. This problem is gone. You can't, go to, you can't talk to the people if you're not there. I'm not there, I'm not talking to the people. So he went so far away. He just literally went away from God. He was in a deep sleep. In his mind, he was thinking that the problem went away, but in reality, he was just spinning plates for a little longer. And if we carry on reading in verse 17 and onwards into chapter 2, we will see that Jonah gets swallowed by a big fish. When we don't deal with things, they can end up feeling overwhelming and then swallowing us. Maybe not physically like Jonah, but they swallow us. They take over and we feel overwhelmed and we keep spinning the plates and keeping the space is not an option anymore because they've all fallen and all you can do is just being overwhelmed. I've been in that place and it's not a great place to be. You feel so swallowed up by everything and not because God has given you that thing, because you have run away from it. You have not dealt with it. Therefore, you get swallowed up. God doesn't give me these things. I kind of put myself in that situation. Instructions are key that open doors into our future. But the only thing with instruction is that only you can do it. It's a choice, and it's mine and your choice and responsibility to do it. As a teacher, and the teacher in the room will stand with me, you give a lot of instructions daily. And I can do that because I learned the maths before them. I know how to do it, and I'm showing it with my students and instructing them how to do it. It's the same with people around us that we follow and ask to disciple us. We're asking them because they are further on than us. They can give an instructions because they have been through it and learned it, but they cannot do it for me. Not because they don't know the answer, but because it would be literally of no benefit to me whatsoever. If I go into an exam and sit next to my student, and I do that exam, he's still gonna get an F. I can do the exam, because I know the answers, but it will literally be no help of them. I can do their homework, but it will be no help of them. Tomorrow, they will still not know the maths. They have to do it, I know the maths, they have to do it now. So, in the last couple of years, I've been through a lot of learning curves. You know, you, 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 you go through learning curves when you go through things that are not quite as you plan them. And I want to share with you the steps that I've been through a little bit to make it more practical. So, when, when Matthew and I were first decided to start a family, I had such an organized plan that I could see no wrong with it. There was literally not one flaw. At one point, very silly of me, I was thinking, I could be God's PA because I make plans so perfect and I think of everything that, I mean, God, can you see any flow of this? No. 
Oh, this was me still answering. And it was great because I could not see any problem with it. Therefore, if I don't see any problem with this, it will go according to my plan. Um, and but the, the truth is that through this time, I, I realized two major things, you know, amongst other things, that I'm still very happy to be in control. Even though I sing and say and declare that God is the one who holds it all, that God is my father, that God is the creator of the earth, I was still very happy to have control of everything. And the second thing I realized was how impatient I was. I knew there were big things, things that would hold me back from walking into my future if I don't start dealing with them. And I did not hear God telling me to deal with them, but I asked him. I remember I, um, I have a journal for every year. So every year I write a whole journal so then I can keep it like, for this year, this is what I wrote. And I went back to one that was January 2017. And I, I wrote, God, I know I'm still dealing with it, taking control over things. Please help me deal with this. So I asked for it. I asked to deal with these things because I knew they were holding me back. So the first thing is identifying them. And you can do that on your own, or you can do that with someone in your discipleship group or with someone that you talk to. God will reveal to each one of us the things that are not in line with who he created us to be. If you are willing and you are open, you want to listen, he will reveal to you those things. And not because he wants to point them out and be like, look, this is the way you're not quite right. This is not how I made you to be. But more like, look, this is the way I'm not, you're not quite right. And I, not, I have not created you this way. Therefore, I want you to be the way I created you so you can have all the amazing things that I have already planned for you. The next thing is an instruction and a solution. Adam said that when we admit it's a problem, then it stops being a problem. And that is true because even though the problem itself did not go away, you, doubt, you now don't have a problem in your hand. You have an instruction and a solution. So when you look at it, it's no longer a problem. It's an instruction and it's a solution. And you look at it differently. The problem just looks at all the things that could go wrong with it. The solution looks at all the things that I can do. What was Jonah's problem? That he did not want to go to that place. But there was not the actual problem. It wasn't that he want, didn't want to go there. Why? Because he, he had travel sickness. No, he, it was deeper than that. He was afraid of confrontation. He did not want to do something that was hard and hard work. So this problem was not the physical. The problem wasn't traveling to the physical place, even though it seemed like that. The problem was deeper inside of him. So the solution was not to deal with the travel worries, but to deal with his insecurities. A way of looking at it would have been like, coping would have been like, I don't really want to go there, but I'll treat myself to a first-class ticket. And on the way there, I'll get myself a really nice bottle of wine. And that way, when I get there, I'll be ready. That's coping with it. Because even though you still don't want to, and you haven't listened to God, you're going to go, but you're going to deal with it in your own way in the meantime. Actually, the problem was way deeper. So the solution was not to deal with his traveling words, but to deal with his insecurities, to let God be in control and follow his instructions when he hears them. That's the difference between coping and dealing. Coping, uh, dealing meant that he got to go to the place where God wanted him to get to physically as well as internal, internally. When he got there, he was in that place where God wanted him to be, but also inside in his heart and in his mind, he was where God wanted him to be. Not just he got there. 
Sometimes coping seems like the problem is gone, but the reality is that the next time the trigger hits, you end up in the same place. You think, I've, I've dealt with this because now the problem is not in front of me, but next time something else triggers it, you end up in the same place, therefore you haven't dealt with it. Adam illustrated that a few weeks ago with the train. No matter what you're trying to do, if the truck is the same, you end up in the same place. So I'm going to share a quick story with you to end that is how I kind of, one of the things that I heard God telling me in some instructions. So I remember receiving some instructions that I knew would be hard work and I did not want particularly to do them. To start with, I want to put them off and I thought if I, if I do something else to distract myself from the thing that was actually bothering me, then I would be okay. But then I remembered that I asked for this. I wanted to be free. I asked for the advice. I wanted to be freed from the pain. So then, therefore, nobody else can do it for me. About a year ago, a year and a half ago, 18 months ago, I really, really got into going to the gym. I got into working out and eating healthy, and it looked good from the outside. But it did not come from the right place. It also did not come from a place of insecurity of how I look but it came from a place of feeling that I was upset and angry with my body. Upset that it did not work how I wanted it to work. It did not work how most women's bodies work. Not everyone, but most women's body work to bear a child, and mine did not work like that. And it did not do what I was created and designed to do. So I was angry. I was angry that it didn't do what it was supposed to do, and there was nothing I could do to change that. For a person like me that likes to do things, there was nothing I could do. So the only thing, the only tiny little control that I had over my body was this, going to the gym and get into shape. So I did it, and sometimes a bit too much. And I heard God telling me that I need to forgive myself. Forgive myself for being angry at my body and how it works, because he has made me beautifully and wonderfully and I can give him all the control. To start with, I did not like this instruction at all, because it was hard, and it was annoying. I didn't want to forgive my body for not working how I was meant to do. I didn't want to forgive myself because I didn't think there was something to forgive myself because I was angry and I was upset. A few months later, I heard the instruction again, this time through somebody, and I knew I had to do it. I've put it off for a while, but I had to do it. So I did. Started my writing it down, then saying it, and then declaring it. There was such a release in my heart and my mind. I cried, and I cried for a long time. I cried in a moment. I cried when I go home. I cried later on. The instruction brought me freedom. But it did not sort the situation in terms of why I was angry and upset in the first place, which was what I wanted. What I wanted was to have a baby the way I thought I wanted to have a baby. And I'm not saying that God cannot do it. And I'm saying that just for this season, for me personally, this is how it worked. I believe that God is a God of healing and he can do it all. But for this season, God did not sort it because I followed the instruction. God brought me freedom because I followed the instructions. I learned even more how to be free and how the choices I make and what I do with the instructions I am given can bring me freedom and not change the outward circumstances. And when I did that, freedom was brought into my life in this area. Praise the Lord. Thank you.
Let's pray. I, uh, I could have at one point called myself the king of plate spinning. Um, and I'm sure you relate to that in many ways too. But I just want to encourage you that I am really slowly uh, learning how to stop spinning and start dealing with stuff. But I have to say I'm enjoying a lot of sweet, beautiful moments because of it. Paul shared this one line that really stuck out to me. And it hit me about all this plate spinning. And he said, you will lose nothing but gain everything. And I'm like, I cried then and I cry when I think about it. Because deep down we do believe that we'll lose something. And we'll miss out. And it'll be too hard and we won't get what we've been promised. But you will gain everything. So listen to Anka's word again, but I'll just pray for us at the end. Thank you, Father, that you have nothing but good things for us. You have no guilt, no condemnation, nothing, Lord. And when, like Anka said, when you put your finger on these things, it's probably because we've asked. But it's because you have a deep love and desire for us, Lord. We just thank you so, so much that you have called us for this life of freedom, beauty, joy, peace, and love. And we just thank you for the instructions that we've received today and that we have already received, Father. And we know you are in us and you are with us and will help us complete the works that you've started, Lord. That's what you said and that's what you say. We love you and we thank you, Lord. You are good. You are always good. We bless you and we thank you, Lord. Amen. Amen. Amen.